0: This is a classical from uh, the Shobogenzo, Dogen's Shobogenzo. It's called On um, the Everyday Behavior of a Buddha doing His Practice, or Yorobutsu Igi. All Buddhas, without exception, make full use of their everyday behavior for their practice. This is what is meant by a Buddha doing his practice. Buddha during his practice does not refer to a Buddha's realization or realizing enlightenment or to a Buddha's transforming himself for the sake of helping others. Nor does it refer to a Buddha as the embodiment of the Dharma or to a Buddha as others see him embodied. It is beyond the state of a Buddha at his initial realization or at his fundamental And it is beyond the state of a Buddha in his inherent enlightenment or in his going beyond being enlightened. Keep in mind that Buddhas being within the Buddha's way do not go looking for realization. Becoming proficient in one's daily conduct whilst on the path towards Buddha is what is meant by a Buddha just doing his practice. Because this Buddha who is doing his practice manifests in all four modes of behavior that is laying down, sitting, standing, walking and in everything he does he manifests these modes right out in the open. Before he speaks he gives a hint of his spiritual activity which is woven into whatever he does. This activity goes beyond time, beyond place, or beyond and beyond being a Buddha, or doing some practice. If you are not a Buddha doing your practice, you will not let go of your attachment to Buddha or your attachment to Dharma. And you will be grouped with those poor devils who deny that Buddha Dharma can be found within themselves. So it's pretty clear. But is it is it practice? Do we practice it? Do we understand it in a way that manifests in our lives? So today we are we are going to engage in uh, a practice tradition called Mondo, and it's a, it's a time where each of you first gets an opportunity to pose a question, offer a few words of sharing experiences, and genuinely to explore deepening the practice through a dialogue, or to revolve the Dharma. It is done in a less formal way than Dharma encounter or Dokusan, for example, when you come in and you are pressed to express the call, It is more along the lines of uh, discussion in order to revolve the Dharma. And it allows a little bit more room for verbal exploration with an understanding the limitations of verbal explorations. So what I want to do is to focus this model on, on the theme of our angle, to tighten up the slack, the slack in our devotion to practice, which is a commitment we each took when we began this anger back in March. So as we tighten it up, the efforts are directed at creating seamless practice that does not differentiate between various activities of the day, whether we are here, whether we are at work, uh, engaging family activities, uh, going shopping, cooking, whatever it is we do, is the Buddha doing his practice as the or needs to be. The Buddha doing his practice. So, as Dogen says, all Buddhas, without exception, make full use of their everyday behavior for their practice. And for us as practitioners, this means to step away from judgments and comparisons, the goal of picking and choosing, and to relinquish our obsession with gain and loss. Because as long as we are vested in this way of thinking and functioning, the capacity to, to feel at home in all situations cannot and will not manifest. What we call the practice, or the path, is offering us a portal into vastness and spaciousness of reality which in essence is our true home, home without walls, without doors, without windows. So we can see the practice as a process of returning home. Before we can return to our true home we need to recognize the false home, or the created, now, returning here is, is synonymous with realizing, recognizing, rather than going somewhere else or having an idea of going somewhere else. And we also have to open up the grasping hand that holds on to the made-up home, the hand that builds walls, puts up a door on a hinge and closes the shutters. And the grasping, home, the grasping hand is uh, very sticky. Even when we open up the hand, it's not necessarily letting go. We can open it up and still look at it, and a lot of stuff is stuck on it. But glue. So, what is home? Is this home? Is what I do on moment by moment? Can it be home? Can I find home wherever I am with whatever I do? I want to share that I recently heard an heard, uh, interview with a guy who uh, some years ago dropped out of high school to start a rock band and apparently he's now leading a world famous rock band and uh, travels all around the world and have many records, CDs and, uh, and what he was saying is that this fame happened very fast for him and fears into his uh, playing as a leading a rock band They became very famous and and started to travel all around the world. And he was fairly young at the time. And he said that while out there dealing with all these, with the crowds and dealing with being away from home, he experienced at times a lot of anxiety, a lot of unrest. And all he wanted to do is just go back home. And sit by the dining table, read the paper, have some coffee with his parents, and go out with his friends, and just go back to the familiar, to what he go back to where he is comfortable. Which means he, he had difficulty dealing with the unfamiliar, the new, the the being away from what he knew or where he, where he felt comfortable. And he said he, he felt that he wanted to be comforted by just being in the house he grew up in. So what is it there? What is, what is there at that place? Now we all have that place. Whether it's wanting to go back home to where he grew up in, or just want to go back home, where we did. But we know where everything yeah. is. We open up the cabinet, we know that what we put there yesterday is still there today. We know that if we clean it, it's clean. If we don't clean it, it's not clean. Either way, it's ours. It smells familiar. What this, what this guy is describing resembles how we often feel when we don't recognize that home is exactly where we are. And then that develops the urge to run away, to go back, to go somewhere else. But the Buddha Dharma is telling us to not obey that impulse and to realize that our true home is exactly where we are at any given moment. Which means that the practice, has to happen exactly where we are. It is beyond prayer it is beyond right and wrong. Beyond never means somewhere else, as a side note. Beyond is never anywhere else. Beyond this place is in this place. Beyond this time is in this time. And that's difficult for us to grasp, to understand, because beyond already creates a destination, an ideal or ideal circumstances, different circumstances, than the ones we find ourselves in. And the Buddha taught that, not just taught that, but he also lived that. And as Dogen said, the Buddha dragged his whole being through the mud and water, He went amidst the weeds that had sprouted up, never shrinking from giving voice to the dawn. At any moment, he left everything; he let go of everything, including his family, and gave voice to the dawn. At any given moment, can we do that? How do we? Le Menpeng said, my daily activities are not unusual, I'm just naturally in harmony with them. Naturally in harmony with them. Grasping nothing, rejecting nothing. In every place there is no hindrance, no conflict. My supernatural power and marvelous activity. Drawing water and chopping wood, is a famous statement. famous saying, the Menpeng. So, but for us, our, our everyday activities, supernatural powers, marvelous activities, getting in the car, driving to the supermarket, going to work, folding laundry, doing the dishes, taking care of the kids, all their marvelous activities. Or do we see them as mundane activities, chores we have to get through? before we get to what we think is more or less. What do we reject? John 2 said, Can a person cling only to heaven and know nothing of earth? They are mutually corresponding. To know one is to know the other. To refuse one is to refuse both. We chant two arrows meeting in mid-air, a box and its lead. That's what we do. Hold on to nothing, reject nothing. Then he says, can a person cling to the positive without any negative, in contrast to which it is seen to be positive? We, we, if we think that we have to reject the negative in order to create more positive, then the positive is already opposing something. We are already running away from something and then towards something. There's already a gap. You know, he says, if you claim to do so, you are a rogue or a madman. And it is madman. Conventional madness but it is madness it's only chopping up reality and only creating gaps so over and over again we hear we recite the relative and the absolute are never apart from one another that the Dhamma you seek can only be found right where you are and can only be expressed through your everyday life no holy no mundane So this is the truth, but is it true for you? Do you give voice to the Dharma through your daily experiences? Or do you reside mostly in the gaps between flow and stagnation? How do you tighten up the slack and keep waking up the fundamental truth while dealing with persistent habits and while functioning in a society that is determined to keep you asleep and that's what I want to bring up and I want to open it up and maybe you can share how you feel about this ask a question comment so let's begin
1: sure okay <coughs> um. Well, as I'm thinking about it, I'm also trying to connect it back to where we are um, in the envelope and what I'm sure people are probably confronting at this point, right? So, you know, um, whether it's the craziness of what goes on in our lives or, um, you know, there are lulls that happen, I think, in the practice um, that I'm sure people are experiencing and I was thinking about that um, over the last uh, week or so. Um, I've been getting more into running, and there's a saying in running. Um, the saying is, the hardest step is the first one out the door. And <clears throat> I just found that that resonated with me in a whole bunch of different things, because you know, you get into this place, and you know, I've, I've, I've done it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get up early, I'm going to run, you know, and you get up, and you're like, ugh. I'm a tired, I just want a cup of coffee, you know, and then you say, uh, I can't run now because work starts, and you get home, and you say, I'm going to run when I get home, and you get home, and you say, I'm just going to sit on the couch for five minutes, and, you know, and then, and then sooner, sooner or later, the day is, is gone, right, and <clears throat> so that's one side of it, and you get the other side of it, which is like, oh, if I'm going to go for a run, You know, is it going to be a good run, is it going to be a bad run, will I go five miles, will I go ten miles, will I go, you know, two miles? And the amount of rumination that happens um, during that process and watching that is pretty amazing. So I just kept telling myself, you know, first step out the door is the hardest one. And so I'm going to go and I'm going to see, you know, and I'm not going to try and analyze it or um, you know, uh, plan beforehand what it's going to look like or what it's going to feel like, and you do it. And then what happens is that sometimes the run goes and it sucks, and it's you know two miles, and you head back. And other times it's ten miles, and you say this is the greatest run in the world, right? But I just thought that that analogy I think is I think relevant to again where we are here in the ongo, and I think also to what you were saying, you know, around how how do we express The Buddha, how how do we actually, you know, flow with it? How do we, how do we go with it? How do we work with it in our lives? Because our lives do get complicated or they can get complicated if we let it, you know? But when we just sort of um, put all of that aside for a moment and just take one step um, out the door, whether that's with running, whether that's with Zazen, whether that's with anything, you know and see what happens and not be so fixated on what we want to happen what we hope will happen or what we expect to happen things get a lot easier so you know again i'm sure i'm you know i'm sure there are others in the sangha now at this point in the ango um that have maybe lost some of that drive mm-hmm. some of that initial excitement some of that um Fire at the beginning, you know, and and um, you know to anybody who's feeling that way, myself included, um, you know, it's 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 a it's an important reminder to just say um, the first step out the door is usually the hardest, so just go. You know,
0: and, and this is uh, it's a very good point because especially now, kind of you know, meet angle. Mm-hmm. Uh, it gets tough, it gets really difficult, but again, I want to go back to, to what Doreen said about the Buddha. He dragged his whole body, his whole being, through the mud and water. Mm-hmm. He went amidst the weeds that had sprouted up, and weeds sprouted up, and mm-hmm. what you're saying is exactly that. Mm-hmm. Those are the weeds that sprouted up, they're bound to, to sprout. Mm-hmm. There's no way to not deal with them, to not have to deal with them. But then he said, you never, never shrunk from giving voice to the dog. Mm-hmm. While in the weeds and in the mud, mm-hmm. And that this is our this is his teaching. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. More so, I think mean more so than uh, his patience, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. his love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, you know, and that's beautiful because if we can learn from that, if we can recognize, you know, what he did, we can do. Yeah. Right. We can live in the mud, you know, amidst the, the weeds, mm-hmm. sprouting up, and still give voice to the dog. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm.
2: I really resonate with what you were saying actually and in, um, in terms of comfort mm-hmm. I was li- really listening to the part where you were talking about where we feel comfortable where this rock star felt comfortable mm-hmm. at home and I was thinking um, and I was being with that and it was it's like it's not really home the structure that we're comfortable with it's it's our it's our habitual um, Way of being right that we're comfortable with I'm comfortable with sleeping late I'm comfortable with oh my body has to be comfortable I have to feel awake I have to feel and and I was thinking too um, ever since the session I've been waking up at 530 mm-hmm. and I know there are people who <laughs> wake up earlier than I do um, but it really meant a lot to me to let go of that comfort of no I'm gonna sleep till 630 and then get ready and half an hour and go out the door You know, um, I'm not gonna listen to the voice that says, "Ah, just sleep a little bit more." You know, and no, I need rest. I need rest, and all those excuses that come out. And I was thinking, but I get up at 4:30 during seshin, and how do I do that? And I function. I function. I do. I get up. I do what I need to do. I go. I do the warm up with everybody. Um, I wake everybody up sometimes when I'm (laughs) zekido, you know, and I. Um, I do it. I just do it. I get through the whole day until 10 o'clock in the evening, 10.30. Sometimes I don't get to sleep until 11.30 because I'm reading um, or I'm studying koans. Um, and it's just, why not? Well, you you get know, why fired up. listening?
0: You, see, you get fired up, but then what happens? And, and, you know, in the closing circle, the, the sushin, you feel it. You feel it. There's a lot of fire. There's a lot of uh, momentum. But then a week or two after that, it does down
2: but but yeah absolutely absolutely and then what but what i'm saying is that this time it was fired up and then i i kept at it i said why not why why am i going to give into this you know uh like it's hard to get up on a weekend is my excuse right sometimes it's hard to get up on a weekend oh i don't want to do i want a day you know where i don't have to do anything you know and and i know what's talking it's that "Mm, I need to be comfortable no you know but then you tell tell this being this way of being I have to be comfortable I can do that I can get my foot out the door Mm -hmm. that one step out the door okay let's see what happens you know and and then it's either like you were saying it's either you know it can be a great day it can be a great whatever you're doing right Or it can be a really sucky one, but you know, you you got out the door, you did what you needed to do. You know, you got up, and you were determined, and I think that's what really struck me with what you were saying and what you were saying. You
3: know,
0: home. This becomes home when we when we stop uh, wanting to be comfortable. When we when we don't compare comfort and discomfort, we 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 associate home with comfort, Mm -hmm. right? And then, which means. Discomfort is not home. When we are, we are not comfortable, we're not home.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: And then we're all run back to the, the comfort. But then when, when we, can, we recognize that the discomfort is not wrong, going back to right yeah. wrong, but discomfort is not wrong. It's just the way it shows up now. It's just the way home shows up now. That's home too. It's just the way it, things show up right now. It doesn't mean anything about right or wrong. It doesn't mean that it, is, it shouldn't be this way. It just means it's the way it shows up today. So, if and if we can recognize that, then and then not be so uh, hooked on, I gotta, I gotta be comfortable, or not give so much clout to comfort, then this can become home. Then being tired is okay. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. It's okay to be tired. It's not wrong to be tired. No, it's it's part of it, part of it. It's that. not wrong to experience, you know, whatever
0: we experience. It's not wrong. It's just. The way it shows up,
2: and you know when you acknowledge that and accept that, it it dissipates. It
0: flows better. Actually, w- what happens? It moves through you much faster. Yeah. Right. It moves through you faster because there's no grasping, there's no holding, and there's no res- resisting. So you allow it to move. You allow it to do what it needs to do, mm-hmm. and then something else shows up.
2: Yeah. I and sometimes I wake up really tired. Yeah. But then i Then I. Um, I'm like, but, I, but I'm so tired and my eyes weren't closed. So, I, so you know what? Sometimes I just let my eyes close, but I move through. I keep moving, I keep moving through, so, sure. you know? And the other
0: thing is, when you recognize it and you don't resist it, then you can adjust. Yeah. So for example, in the heat, when it's really hot, yeah. you move a little slower. And you adjust <laughs> because you, you use energy. That's actually true. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I know because I grew up in a hot climate, and you know, the summer gets, you know, it's over 100 degrees at times, and, and um, you just move slower. But that's okay. And it's fine. You know, you move slow. you don't exert that much energy. Yeah. Body is brilliant. If you listen if we listen to it, it's brilliant. It knows what to do. Just the mind gets in the way, but the body is fine. Yeah. Quite often, the body is actually perfectly fine. And it has what it takes, what it needs to cope. But we get in the way. Mm-hmm. We take the energy away from the body and it gets swallowed into the thinking mind. And then of course the body doesn't do what it needs to do because it doesn't have that much energy. Mm-hmm. So we make things worse, mm-hmm. essentially. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, I resonate with what both of you are saying. I, I happen to Tranquilla. to find a, a lot of comfort in my home. <laughs> a lot of comfort in my home you know I'm kind of a little bit of a homebody and uh, I like the familiarity of my surroundings and you know I'm always a little uncomfortable when I step out of my comfort zone obviously but you know through reading and the experience in myself I know that growth happens when you are out of your comfort zone Because when you are in a comfortable place, you're like stagnant water. After a while, it starts to stink, you know. So you have to keep moving. You have to keep growing. And um, if you don't grow through your own initiative, through your own studies, through your own practice, and you choose your growth, life is going to force you to grow one way or another something's gonna happen that is gonna force you to take the steps that you need to take to keep moving and to keep growing. So through practice or through suffering, you're gonna grow one way or another. So I always try to say, okay, then I I choose practice. (laughs) I choose practice because, you know, but again, you know, it's gonna come to where There's going to be situations that present themselves that have nothing to do with your choice. Mm -hmm. You know, it has to do with part of life. And um, those are the weeds that come up. That's the mud that we kind of play around with and go through. And um, I love to garden. You know, I love to play with the dirt. I love to play with the... The mud you know and um, with that I know that there's going to be a lot of weeds coming up and I'm gonna have to you know deal with them
4: mm-hmm.
3: and um, that's where I'm at right now and I you know I have some changes that happen at work and they're, they're not easy they're tough and you know but that comfort of home you were talking about When things happen and changes happen where it threatens your security in your mind or in your, you know, threatens your security or your home or whatever, my practice has been a little bit preoccupied with trying to sort out some things and, you know, here it is a a change at work and I'm sitting in my cushion and I'm like, you know, my mind's creating me like all these stories that, you know, I'm on the street begging and homeless. You know, and I'm like, I get off of my cushion, thinking like, okay, in my home, I'm safe. I've food in my refrigerator. I've clothes on my back. I'm, I'm, I'm safe. What am I stressing about? You know, deal with it. Deal with what you know. Make the changes that you need to make. Adjust what you need to adjust, and and then keep moving forward. So yeah, sometimes my practice has to do with with what is showing up on a daily basis and, and trying to, to, um, to let go of all those delusions, all those stories and everything that the mind creates when you keep quiet. It's easy for me to move around and to keep myself occupied and, you know, to do my laundry and fold it neatly and stack it up. It's easy for me to do housework. This is a, a, a familiar ground for me. But when i have to deal with things that are not my love familiar that's where my mind freaks out and starts creating all these stories like oh my god what am i going to do with this and what am i going to do with that you know how am i going to handle this situation so for me to practice in my home and on my in my surroundings that's not the problem it's when i step out of my home when i step out of my home when i'm driving and people are being reckless when I get to work and people are being irresponsible and not, you know, doing what they're supposed to be doing and passing their obligations on on your shoulders when, you know, everybody else is not pulling their weight and I'm like, okay, I have to work through all this, you know, and try to make sure that I'm at peace and that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing and not occupy my mind and my thoughts. Where everybody else is falling short. Well, how do you give words
0: to the Dharma then at times like that? that? That's the that's our question, right? How do we practice seamlessly at times like what you described?
3: <sighs> being responsible for what I'm supposed to be doing. How? Huh. Doing my job. Being present. So you being say present. somebody cuts
0: you uh, off on the. Yeah, somebody cuts
3: you. you in. You know, puts your life in danger because they're being reckless, and oh. you're you know, and your first, uh, your first initiation is like to to react, and you're like. Oh, okay. So what do you do? So how do you give voice? In,
0: in that, what does it mean to give voice to the Dalai at that moment? Open my eyes. Pay attention. Pay attention. Pay attention. Okay, that's a good place to be. Pay attention, right? Pay attention. Uh, also, there is, you know, there is something in you that is maybe fear arises, right? Fear yes. arises because somebody's. As you say, driving recklessly, right? So you pay attention, right? You open your eyes, and uh, you you choose you choose what is rather than what you think about what is. You choose what is because what is represents what you need or shows you what you need to engage with, right? And so you choose that over and over again rather than choose. Uh, what you mentioned before is futurizing, right? And, and creating mental projections. Yes. The mental projections about I'm going to be homeless or I'm going to be killed by this <laughs> yes. mania, right? That's a mental projection. <laughs> it is. But, and that's not that going to actually help. It, it may actually mm-hmm. make it worse, mm-hmm. the situation that is. So, if you, if you put your attention on the situation and maybe slow down and move to another lane or whatever you need to do, then you are practicing. Right, you're practicing, it's not I gotta how the Hatsuka. No. <laughs> pay, attention. Right. pay attention. At that moment to voice to the Dharma is to pay attention <clears throat> to that. Pay attention. Also to see that as home. This is home. This guy is in my home. Not my home. This is home. He is home. For me. Right? So this is home. Although I wanna go to my other one and close the door, yeah. this is home. This is
2: It's also seeing, getting out of your comfort zone, seeing yourself as separate from the other person. Right. You know, so sometimes, yeah, that happens to me all the time. I drive to Newark every day and people are crazy, you know, and people are crazy everywhere though. Do you remember that comment?
0: How do you, how do you, uh, what do you do if uh, the devil comes down uh, with the the car and uh, asks you to take a ride with him? Right? you remember that? Mm -hmm. So, so, yeah, you know, it's, there are many sides. There are many sides of us in us, that we have many streams and that are expressed, right? And and we mostly deal with those streams. Right? Because we, we, we function within a society that you know that does not, that rejects practice.
2: It doesn't realize. That. It rejects
0: practice. It rejects you recognizing that everybody is you, that you are everybody. It rejects that. Right, it rejects. It it asks you to not see yourself in everybody, to separate, and you have to do what seems to be the opposite.
2: Yeah, in terms of and seeing yourself hard. as yeah, it's it is hard. Very difficult. In terms of seeing yourself as the bodhisattva, too. Yeah, it's very. It's difficult. like it's like, um, but then there's a voice that comes up. I don't know, in in I, it's the bodhisattva's voice that says i take care of this one over there. You know, and you're taking care of yourself. So this guy wants to come in. Mm. Slow down a little. Back up. Okay, take care of him. So
3: instead of my initial reaction, okay. I'm gonna curse him. You know, mm.
0: right?
3: Then I, I, um, I wish him well. I wish that he gets to his destination well, mm-hmm. and that helps me. You know, say okay. I'm okay. I just hope he gets to his destination safe. You know? And because I don't know what's going on in his life. I don't know what's causing him to be reckless. I don't know if he just got news that, God forbid, somebody in his family got injured or ill and he's trying to get there in time. So instead of thinking that he's, you know, just being irresponsible, I'm thinking that there's got to be a reason that he is in such a hurry to get somewhere, other than what I think he's just being reckless. And, and and I remember a time when I drove reckless that I got you know news that something happened to one of my children in school and I was trying to get to him. And I was going faster than I should. And I remember that moment and I was like, okay, there you go. But you know, to give
0: voice to the Dharma is to be moved by the Buddha Dharma, uh, and that means to actually connect with it, right? To connect with it and to keep a connection with it. And I think this is why at the end of a Sashim, uh, the closing circle, is, it has this power. You feel it, it's palpable. Yeah. You feel it. You feel what it feels like to actually be moved by the Dharma. You feel it. It's not something foreign, it's something very intimate. Right? And then we lose that connection we lose that connection and then we connect with something else. See, it's not that we lose the connection we just float around. We are obeying something. Which this obeying that means driving recklessly or doing whatever, right? So then we have to, okay, really, you know, how do I find that trust again? How do I find that connection? I mean, of course, sitting, you know, or daily sitting is essential. And I see it, and I have to say, I see it a lot, I talk to people, and people get it, they have clarity, and they lose it so quickly. So quickly. And then, oh, I lost my practice, I'm not sitting every day, you know, I don't know what to do, and I'm not, it's not just sitting, it's it's, a lot more than that. But um, I lost the momentum, and I'm back to old habits. I'm back to being moved by those impulses. right? And I'm not giving voice to the dog. I'm giving voice to something else. We all trust something, always. And we obey something. It's not that I'm not going to trust the dharma soul the hell with everything. No, I'm obeying something. I and mean, that's the danger. Right? That's why we have to keep our eyes peeled open.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what he was saying about you wake up in the morning and you go in and you're like, I'm going to go sit and then you go grab a cup of coffee, or yeah. my maybe a cup of tea, Yeah. and then I'm like, All right, I'm going to be sitting there and I'm going to be listening to my stomach growl. So let me just grab something to eat. And then I said, well, while I'm sitting, let me just go do a load of clothes so that that way it'll get washed by the time I finish. And, you know, before you know it, I look at the time and I'm like, wait a minute, the whole morning is gone already. And (laughs) I, you know, and, and, and. For years I've been waking up and the first thing I do is I go turn on the tea kettle and make my cup of tea, you yeah. know, and, and and that's the problem is that, you know, to change those routines and to change those, it's, very, it's habitual, it's yeah. very difficult to break those habits, you know, but right. I, I figure I was beating myself up because I was not waking up and doing it first thing in the morning. But I figure as long as I get it done before the day is over, yeah. when, when, it, when it fits in my schedule, when I feel right, when I'm pulled into it and say, okay, this is the time that I want to devote to me. Yeah. And, 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 and that's how I've been doing it because I was kind of feeling bad that I was choosing to do other things rather than going in there first thing in the morning. And i'm like i'm gonna sit there and i'm gonna go fall right asleep you know because i i just i'm not quite awake yet you know and i tried it a couple of times and it didn't feel right and then now when i come home from work you know it's usually by ten thirty, quarter to 11 i come home and then i'm relaxed i don't have anywhere to go i don't have anything pulling me that needs my attention and then i go in there and i do my little ritual you know and it's Funny because that little ritual, if I don't do it exactly as I am, gotten myself accustomed to it, something doesn't feel right.
0: No. Well, that, that's a good place to be. You know, to be in tune is to recognize something doesn't feel right, right? To be in tune is to, to feel this way. It's, uh, it's the fish on the camel, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Something's right with this cat. Something wrong with this it's camel. camel. Right? Why am I so damn thirsty? Remember that? <laughs> something wrong with this ride? and why am I so damn dirty? Because if we don't feel this way, then we don't even know that we are asleep. We don't know. We think I'm wide awake, as many do, right? We do. We all feel this way. Until we realize well we no. That's not. There is a different way to function.
4: So. All
0: right
5: me of driving. I mean originally is to to say if I don't anybody can do anything on the road as too long as I don't have to hit the brake for that. But now I change. I said well I'm okay. My car is okay. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why but that reminds me of um, routines. I was doing a somebody some build an apartment and everything the apartment is uneven. The floor is Every door has a different threshold, so sometimes you have to duck something to go like this, to, to keep you on your toes, because I don't, I don't have a lot of routines. I'm waiting for a luggage just everyday shifts.
0: Did anybody buy this apartment? <laughs> no.
5: but I said what was building specifically to keep your mind sharp, yeah, yeah. to be there. Otherwise you might know, <laughs> But then the
0: mind gets you live there for a while, the mind gets used to that. That's then why the
5: something shifts a little bit. Yeah. So often so don't know. <laughs> yeah. um, the other thing is about comfort and discomfort. If you don't think about it, yes, everything just melts. Uh, I'm trying to keep my morning zen practice, but usually anyway, do my exercise first. A lot of times I like, do my exercise and my mind goes, okay, I'm done, I have to do something else. I have to do lots of time. Mm-hmm. So now I take myself and I put it next to me before I start my exercise mm-hmm.
0: to say, no, we can't do that. Mm-hmm. So, can do so, so, that. so sitting becomes uh, part of something that is in front of you, part. and right. Yeah. Right. There is something to do. To put, it on, to put it on the tip of your nose, right? So that's one way to put it in front of you so you don't lose sight of it, right? Because it's very easy to lose sight of it. Yeah, you get distracted very Right. Right, and you know, this is something we have to recognize. We get distracted very easily. You know, so we have to just live with it. We have to recognize it. We have to admit. I get distracted, and when I get distracted, I don't attend to what I want to attend. This is important for me, and I understand why it's important, so I'm going to attend to it, but I get distracted. And it helps to admit. It helps to admit. The other thing I'm working with, but I don't know
5: exactly. I don't know the exactly. answer. Sometimes I get in discussions with people, I get caught on. Mm-hmm.
0: And there's no reason. Yeah. You know, somebody tangles something, and they have to right? Well, there is a reason. Mm. There's always a reason. It's just that what you say is that's not what I want to feed. There is a reason why we get entangled in, in, in arguments. But we are feeding something that we don't want to feed. Mm-hmm. We're giving voice to something else. That's not giving voice to the Dhamma. Often giving voice to the Dhamma is saying nothing. Yes, but that, that's my. Uh, saying actually. nothing and being at peace yes. with saying nothing. Right. Not saying nothing and then, you know, in the mind, cursing the other person. That's <laughs> not, not water,
5: I catch myself, I was like, how did I get into
2: this right. uh, vortex and it started to
3: come out. That's a habit. Yeah. Sometimes people know exactly how, which button to push on you to get yeah. a reaction. Yeah, well oh, mm, like yes, that's I, that. I know that. I know that feeling.
0: The, <laughs> the button won't work anymore, it's not like the wires. It's it it just a an empty button.
3: Yeah, and I, I, the, uh, uh, I posted something like that somewhere I was like, ah, oh, some people just have the way of you know, know exactly which button to push. And then somebody responded and goes, well, when they push button, just make sure that they push the mute first, and then you just stay with your piece." And I was like, oh, I like that. You know, I like that. Push yeah, the that mute. Is good. Push that the is mute. Good. Yeah, push this one right here. Yeah, That's the mute. <laughs> I need the, that mute button sometimes.
0: <laughs> but it's an opportunity, isn't it? It's an opportunity to deepen the practice, to, understand, to learn more about yourself, right? To learn how you operate, and then to transcend that. So it's it's not a bad thing by itself to recognize the tendency to argue, for example. It's not bad if we can learn it, study something in in that process, and "Oh, you know what, I'm going to look at it. What in me wants this? See, sometimes
5: I need realization to say basically that even though I think I'm right, it doesn't
4: matter.
5: Hmm. It doesn't matter. Because a day or two, if you look at the same interruption which took place, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> that, that's a lot
0: of time to see that. It doesn't matter. It, we don't care. It's just a of the moment, I think. Yeah. It. it doesn't matter, but yet it does. Right? It, it doesn't yeah. matter. It's, it's true. This is what I want to you know, say. This is true, but this is true for us. It's true. This is the truth, not a lie. We can but is it true in my life, in the way I function? And that's what we're trying to do. So to tighten up the slack is to make it true in the life we live. Right? To make it true, to, to make, to make a, a seamless practice. Or to practice seamlessly, moment by moment, whether we're here or wherever. And you know, if we begin by recognizing this is home, then there is the uh, okay, well, then if this is home, I can practice this. I'm not projecting this. There are no parameters, right? You throw away the parameters of what's acceptable as practice.
5: Answer, sometimes yeah, sometimes that's you you have home. All you have to say is that, can I go to sleep here? If I have hmm. Yeah. Okay.
0: Cool. Yeah, you know, can I right, Can I live here? Can I function here? That's right. Yeah. Is this acceptable? Right. Because that's a good place to begin, right? If it's acceptable, great. Right, I can practice here. It's the Buddha feet, right? We, we chant again the verse of the road, right? You know,
2: um.
6: Yeah, to me home is right now the uh, combination of the uh, Shoshin and uh, what well, original face we talk about, mm-hmm. so uh, whenever, usually when I was being spontaneous and uh, just to uh, become at that moment just comfortable, then many times the things go very smooth and uh, so I'm pretty comfortable with that but also sometimes I start seeing other people's home and original uh, Facebook mm-hmm. so uh, last week um, at the hallway of the entrance of my uh, you know, research building yep. there's a performance it's, it's coming from outside right? the performance of the, all these uh, physically challenging people is dancing, mm-hmm. and, and some, some, some of them have a disability too, but they wear the same costume, and the, they're dancing, and pose and dance and pose, and so, so they have a pretty long performance, but um, amazing, so many people are watching, and I also stopped and watched for a while, but then I, I it put me like Oh they they, they, they think nothing like they, they, they are really in the, the original face and express themselves. They don't, of course they don't shame of themselves. they're just purely performing from their heart yeah. and uh, so, so that also reminds me from outside that the, uh, you know, we all have original face and uh, yeah, probably probably we can sort of remind each other that how we should be more relaxed and, um, and having a face on those jumping into the uh, who we are. Even though we won't understand who we are, but um, we have something in our mind that's interesting to see. So I start seeing not just home, but a connection between
0: many homes, too. I think that's
6: mm.
0: something? So, so to be authentic, to be genuine, right? To be, uh, to not put a head on the head. That's right. right. So to not, and to not, to not be ashamed, actually. Right. That's uh, to not be caught up in gain and loss and protecting and defending anything, right? To give to voice to the dog. Yeah. Because we always have up and
6: down, obviously. Yeah. And other people have up and down too. Sometimes we are downside, but you see other people's upside and mind as that. Oh
2: gotta go back. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, I resonate with that. Yeah. Well, and uh, the kids. kids. Yeah. Um, the kids that I teach other, uh, they all have autism and they have various, you know, behavior problems too. But um, but they all do express themselves genuinely. And, and it makes me think too that that you know the district and other people and people who are normal know anybody who's normal but um normal um want them to be mainstream want them to be normal push 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 to be normal, normal normal they're just expressing who they are and they're being genuine they're showing who they are and they're showing what they can and can't do at that time and to push them to be like like the normal people i don't know who those people are um, to push them to be like the normal people is almost like pushing our own ideals and our own face onto them, here, put this mask on mm-hmm. and why should why should people do that? you know why why can't we all express who we are without being ashamed of it?
0: well because if I ask you to put a mask i am uh, I'm uh, basically saying that I don't have to worry about taking my mask off exactly you know so that's it really is about that i don't want to take the responsibility to remove the mask i'm putting on and then deal with what i need to deal with so instead of doing that i'm going to force you to put a mask
2: so i feel so sorry yeah exactly so i feel so sorry for my kids sometimes because i am forced as a special education teacher to try to get them to learn this way and i can see their frustration mm-hmm. you know especially this one little girl who's just you know she's very um, she's off in her own little, she's so sweet, uh, off in her own little world, she's very innocent, she's very, um, she's not gonna be that, you know, she's not going to learn math and science and, and literacy the way you want her to, never, but I, ha- I'm forced to be like, no, you have to learn this, sweetie, you know, you're not gonna get any, you know, any toys or McDonald's, you know, because she feels shame. that shame. I can't learn it. She's trying to tell me, you know? But she feels so bad about herself when she can't. You know, I'm just like, I wish I could just let her express mm-hmm. this. I wish I could get into her head sometimes and just see the way she sees sometimes. Because I don't want to put my mask on her. I, I want I want her to show me what her mask is like, you know? And I think that's the deal with being a special education teacher, is that you have to learn how to do that. I think all teachers should learn how to do that.
0: So, so the question of how do you give voice to the Dharma at that moment is, 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 is essential, right? Yeah. How do you give voice to the Dharma, how do you not, I mean, you know, functioning in that, realizing what we do as people, as society, to, to each other? Right. right. And then it's essential yeah. that we bring out a different kind of energy into that world.
2: So the way I do it is, is when she expresses this, mm-hmm. Let's try it this way. Mm-hmm. Let's try it your way. Right. Show me what, what you think it is. Right. Also, she has this quirky thing where um, <laughs> she'll say, say cheese balls, or say camera, or say, say. she wants me to say these words, mm-hmm. these, these quirky little words, all of a sudden out of nowhere. And the other kids are like, what? <laughs> and actually, we do say it, we say it. So we say it, and she's so happy, you know? She's, she, she's so lost in her own little world, but, you know, why, sh- why should she be lost in her own little world? Why can't I experience her world a little bit, you know?
0: I mean, I think, you know, as time goes on, you know, as we grow up, we become more and more convinced that there is right or wrong, and we know what's right, and we know what's wrong, and then uh, we, we, we live in that, but, you know, it's, it's so flexible, it's so open. It's all open, that we, we make it, yeah. we think about it. All directions, all the ten directions are wide open. But yet we refuse to see that and you know, as time goes on we become more limited and more stagnant, uh, more heavy. Less, uh, we, have, we basically reduce the ability to flow freely and adjust and adapt based on situations. Mm-hmm. We walk around with a very uh, heavy set of rules ideas about, and boxes, about everything,
4: because
0: mm. that's home, yeah. and that becomes home for us. Yeah. So we have to wrap it up, um, but anybody wants to… I yeah, was
5: just the, my mind the question, how do you keep the balance between being natural, being yourself, and do not having to care about uh, doing things because other people care how you look when you do those things? or Versus
0: functioning in a society. Do you need a balance? What, is, you know, what, what does it mean? What, what does it mean to balance what and what? Between being natural, being yourself, and
5: functioning in,
0: in an organization. You can't be yourself
2: society. in the
0: organization. Well, that's a question. That's a question. Maybe Katie can say uh, say few words about that briefly. Short about that, because I think what you are talking about is what your experience of work. Right? You know, because there are responsibilities that you have to, in a way, you have to kind of, quote unquote, play the game to a certain extent, and yet be free while you play the game.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, I think the, more, the more experience you have with it though, you start to learn how to um, express yourself in a situation. There are skillful means, mm-hmm. right? There are, there are ways that we adjust, there are ways that we adapt, um, that we work with others, but, um, but fundamentally, it's still an expression of yourself, yeah. right? And, and when, you, when you lose that, actually, it, it becomes much more difficult, right? So, you know, sometimes when we hold back in a way, right, because we don't want to say something because of the way that it might appear or the way that it might react, you know, that sometimes ends up being a more difficult situation, now, there are skillful means. There are ways to work with it and work with others, but, you know, I just, just listening to all this whole thing, I just, I just think about, okay, there are all these different situations that come up in life in which we're dealing with others, but really what's required, I think, and what's needed is how do we tend to our own practice? How do we keep bringing it back? Because once we lose that sense of connection, right, to, to that, everything else becomes much more convoluted and complicated and, you know, it's, it's like, you know, I, I was thinking about this analogy of a, a triage, right? You know, it's funny, right? So, you know, hospitals, doctors during the most, um, the, the, the biggest crises that are out there, they have this ability to sort out what needs the most attention and what doesn't. How do we prioritize, mm-hmm. right? How, how do we think about that? And, you know, there are times, and I'll say it in my, even in my own life, where the, the triage is totally wrong, right? It's, it's, I'm worried about all these other things that really are not what is most, it's not what's most critical, right? And and we have to get to this sort of, goes back to what you were saying, around, around the you know, the routine, right? Establishing a routine that prioritizes, you know, what is in most need of help, right? And getting back to that, you know, making that the priority. And then all of a sudden, the zazen or whatever it is, doesn't become a secondary thing or a tertiary thing. It becomes what is most required. So I don't know. I find that just listening or just thinking about that analogy of a triage and thinking about what, what is in most need of help <laughs> and tending to that first is, is you know, just essential.
0: Yeah, and, that's, uh, and this is what we have to, we have to actually uh, conclude with that, because this is, you know, again and again, how do I give a voice to the Dharma, and what does it take for me to even know what it means to give voice to the Dharma, right? And that means tapping into, and this is what I felt, I like went back to Sashid, that's why I felt at the end of Sashid, that we actually, we we it, we raised that level, I felt it, everybody who was there uh, felt it. Right. And then, uh, But then we felt it and also we feel differently. Mm-hmm. So we know that that's what happens. We know that we lose that momentum, we lose touch with, and it's not, again it's not wrong, it's just that that's how we are, which means we have to do what we have to do, what we need to do in order to establish that connection again and again. Mm-hmm. And recognize that this is endless. Mm-hmm. We're never going to get to a point that we don't have to keep, a, keep tending to that.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: And it's fine. Mm-hmm. It's okay. It's okay to keep going back to uh, tightening it up. Mm-hmm. Because if we don't tighten it up uh, through volition, then the tendency is to become loose. Mm-hmm. That's the tendency, mm-hmm. to become loose. So we keep tightening it up. Mm-hmm. That's called maintenance. <laughs> right? It's mm-hmm. maintenance. You know, you don't, you don't take care of maintenance. Things fall apart. Or mm-hmm. well, we fall apart anyway. But <laughs> <laughs> but before we completely pull it off, we want to keep it. Uh, we want to you know, tighten up the screws <laughs> because you know the machine moves and then everything everything starts to loosen up, right? Mm-hmm. So you take the wrench and you tighten it up. You put some oil, you grease things, and and it keeps moving. Keep it together, right? If mm-hmm. so you need to, you know, change your product to while. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, keep medicine is it good at that. <laughs> <laughs> but you have to keep
4: feeling
0: it up. Key, yeah? Yeah. Key, right. You have to keep right. You have to have the right nourishment, right? Mm-hmm. So, otherwise, you are nurturing yourself with the wrong food. And then what happens? Indigestion, so, yeah. So, we have to, i just want to finish with a quote that I, I used at the beginning of the envelope from the Buddha, he said, all thoughts and things are beyond arising, and all thoughts and things are beyond decay. And, uh, and it's important to remember that, you know, there are many thoughts floating around, and we believe some, and we, we, we don't believe others. All those thoughts are beyond, as he says, arising, and all those thoughts are beyond decay. So, in that, with that, we have to work with what shows up and not give it. Not give it what it doesn't have, basically. Mm -hmm. Not give it that validity. Mm -hmm. So, uh, that should be the message for those who are not here with us today and uh, are listening, or will listen to this talk, or to this mondo. And uh, we have to keep tending to the practice. No matter what, at all situations, at all times, Sim, sim.